hey there, American Farmsteaders. This is Donna with Hazel Bell Farm with my friend here, Jenny, at the Gramstead Family Farm. Hey, Jen. Hi, y'all. And uh, we are trying remote podcast. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be fun. It'll um, help fill the void for the times that we are not able to get together. Yes, and we're doing this in hopes that we can really start bringing on some other people onto the podcast, um, and we won't have to travel to them to record. So hopefully it works out, and we can start having some guests on um, in case y'all are getting tired of hearing us talk. Yeah, I would be. I'm tired of hearing me talk, honestly. Uh, so this week we're catching up on what's going on with our farms and um, a little bit of a subtopic of how we're handling that. Yeah, a little preparedness talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's going on on your farm, Jenny? Jeez, <laughs> uh, what's not going on on my farm? Um, really around here, like the last week has just been a complete blur. Like I do not know what day it is. I do not know what time it is. Um, and I can really make absolutely no plans at this point. Um, you have newborns. I have lots of newborns over here. Yeah. Yeah. And my house looks like I have a bunch of newborns over here. Like there's just laundry everywhere and dishes everywhere. It's like I have babies again um, because I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So currently right now in my laundry room, I have um, two twin lambs and I don't even know how old they are now. Um, I think. Oh, so they were born on the 26th. That was last Thursday. So they're a week and a day. A week and a day. Okay, so yes, they're a week and a day old. And um, the, this particular set of lambs um, were rejected by their mom. And I'm really trying to sort it out in my head as to did the mom reject them because she's a bad mom? Or did the mom reject them because they were, they ended up being born a little early and then um, ended up having something called white muscle disease and they couldn't get up. Mm -hmm. So I really question, like, was it that, was that the reason why they were rejected or is she a bad mom? Well, and, you know? and two, there's another possibility that, you know, after talking with a vet, that you thought that they were probably preemies. Yes. Yeah. They're preemies. And so, yeah, I'm really just trying to figure out like, is it the mom or was it just the situation why they got rejected? So, but regardless, they were rejected. Um, and you know, so we were immediately bottle feeding. Um, I tried to milk the mom out a few different times and got absolutely no milk from her at all, mm. not even a drop. So um, right, right out of the gate, it was goat milk and milk replacer. And um, that's my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> It, so, and it feels like way longer than a week and a day, I know, because you have to do that around the clock when they're that little. Yeah, I mean, at this point, <laughs> it's about every three hours. However, mm -hmm. I am not feeding them during the night. 
anymore. That's nice. That's nice. Yes. So, I mean, they're actually going all night. Like, I'll usually feed them around 8.30 at night. And then, um, again, I'll feed them at, like, you know, between 6 and 7 in the morning, usually. Nice. So, um, I'm at least sleeping. Yeah. Are they and finishing their whole bottles when you do feed them? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm only feeding four ounces at a time right now. <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. but that's every like three to four hours. So, and they do, they eat it all. So I would try to up them by, you know, an ounce and start spreading out those feedings a little bit. Yeah. um, You know, to try to give you a little bit more freedom. Yeah. Cause not not that that's what farming's all about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is some freedom in farming, but it's not that kind of freedom. It's not there. No, I know. Yeah. Everybody but, thinks that bottle babies are so fun to have, but in, until you're strapped to babies and you can't do anything and you can't go anywhere, yeah, it's it's all life consuming. I was gonna say it's time consuming, but it's life consuming. <laughs> it's life consuming um, because truth be told, it doesn't take much time to feed them. You know, they get those bottles down very, very fast, but you just have to be here to do it. So, um, but they're doing good. They're both gaining weight. um, So we're happy about that. And they're both walking. And so for any, anybody that's listening, white muscle disease is basically um, a nutrient deficiency, a selenium deficiency in particular, and um, it affects their muscles. And so when they were born, Um, They couldn't walk. They couldn't stand up. Um, And so that was the issue with them not being able to nurse. And part of the reason why I think they were rejected. So um, Mm. the you um, who was a little bit bigger than the ram lamb, she stood up and walked, I want to say like within a day or two, but the you took several days to even be able to stand up on her own or no, sorry, the ram. Yeah. The ram ram took several days to even be able to stand up on his own. So, um, and then was super wobbly for a good couple of days before he really figured it out. So, um, once they figured that out, I was able to put them outside with the rest of the sheep, well, with the mamas and the babies anyway. And, um, I wanted to get them out there as quick as I could because they were, um, they get so attached to people. Yeah. You know, like one of them, I'm kind of convinced that she doesn't think that she's an actual sheep. <laughs> yeah. That's bottle babies though. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, they're super cute. I mean, and it is fun. It's just, you can't do anything else. So yeah. 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 And so, Within all that madness, um, I had moved Hershey and Daisy up front because um, I figured, well, if I was up at night, yes, if I was up at night feeding lambs, I might as well wean Hershey because she's super loud at night. Uh And so um, we moved Hershey up front. I didn't want her to be by herself. So I moved Daisy up front, too, who was expecting a calf. And... um, Amongst all that madness, Daisy decided that she was going to have her baby, and um, she picked a beautiful day to have the baby, but we don't have a whole lot of shade out front, 
and she laid that calf out right in the blazing sun. And I think oh that the calf, I know, I think that the calf laid in the sun for a little too long and she didn't want to get up and no. she didn't want to nurse. <laughs> and at one point I went and checked on her and walk up to her and she's just laying on the ground. She's got her mouth open, her tongue's hanging out. It's dry. She's like, panting she's laying out uh, the sun I know so I'm like oh no that was at about like hour two after she was born and she hadn't nursed yeah well the the calf got up um pretty quickly after it was born but it didn't really nurse like it would go stand underneath Daisy um, but really just wouldn't do anything, like wouldn't try to latch on. Um, and Daisy really wasn't holding real still, to be honest, anyway. So um, right. after about two hours, and then when I went and checked the calf, and it's laying out in the sun, panting, looking all dehydrated, I put the calf um, in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> And said, come on, Daisy. And so I wheelbarrowed the calf back to the back pasture um, where we have our catch pen and put Daisy and the calf in the catch pen to see if I could basically try to force the calf to nurse. And over the next two hours, we did. We ended up tying Daisy up in the chute so she would hold still, got the calf underneath her. I mean, we tried to basically just force the calf on her, like open the calf's mouth, put it on Daisy's teats, like the calf would not suckle. And then the calf wouldn't even stand at that point, like on its own. Like if we let go, it would just kind of fall down to the ground and cuddle up and go to sleep. So um, after about like maybe four hours after the calf was born, I was like, nope, we're going to milk. We're going to milk Daisy. So she was a champ. You know, I mean, this cow has never been milked before, to my knowledge. I know the previous owner never had to milk her, so, um, but she did. I mean, we put her in the chute, and she was still tied, and we just put a bunch of hay in front of her, and she sat there while I milked her, and um, the first milking, I was easily able to get a good 16 ounces um, of colostrum for the calf, so I immediately gave that to the calf. The calf like sucked it down. I mean, she was thirsty. <laughs> she was. And so um, I left her alone for a little while and I don't know, maybe a couple hours. And because um, I wanted to see if the calf would just nurse on her own. A um, yeah. couple hours go by, calf still not standing, still not nursing. So I milk Daisy again. I get maybe like 10 more ounces, give that to the calf, calf sucks it down. And I'm thinking, oh no, that was the second <laughs> bottle. <laughs> the, the lambs are literally on the other side of the fence from where I'm milking her, like bah, bah, you know. all that bottle. <laughs> wanting to eat because they see me over there with bottles and I'm yeah. like this is not happening this is not happening oh my gosh <laughs> so it was getting late 
um, a couple more hours go by. I go inside. I end up going back out to milk Daisy a third time. And when I went out there, the calf was nursing. <laughs> and all the people said hallelujah. <laughs> oh, all the people did say hallelujah. <laughs> hey, that's so great. Yeah, so yeah. Um, the calf is super small. Um, I mean, she's a mini, so, but she's so right. tiny. Yeah, and she's so cute and, and doing good now. Nursing good. Daisy's being an excellent mama, so... Good. I'm so glad that worked out. I'm so glad that worked out too, because I was not <laughs> feeling great about having three bottle babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've, I've gone back and forth over the years about bottle babies. And like I said, like in the beginning, it's fun. They think your mama, they're so cute. It's a nurturing experience. But then when you realize that like you have to plan your life around feeding these babies, um, it for the next, yeah, for like the next 12 weeks. Yeah, well, for calves, it's like six months. Yeah. I mean, and that's not as bad as, as like lambs and goats, thankfully, because they, the like calves, you only need to feed two to three times a day. When they get older, you can knock it down to twice a day when they're getting grain and more hay and that. But um, it's still, I mean, it's a, it's one of those responsibilities that when you decide to take it on, you can't just say, I'm, I'm tired of doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And There's sometimes no. you have a choice. Like what were your options? You had to take that on, you know, or let them die. I mean, starve to death out there in the cold rain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that was the option. It was like either do this or they die, you know? Right. And it was the same thing with the calf. It was like, you know, I mean, once you're, you're talking four hours after the calf was born and it hasn't had any colostrum at all. It's like, no, I mean, we, we kind of need to get the show on the road here and uh, get something happening. So, you know, I'm glad that I did milk Daisy when I did and get that in the calf system because I just don't think it had enough energy after mm -hmm. laying out in the blazing sun right to be able to get up and do anything so um I'm, and I'm also do what i was saying I'm, I'm glad you were able to do that i'm glad daisy tolerated it yeah she, you didn't have to fight with her not at all she stood right there and let me milk her as much as i wanted to that's awesome that's yeah, awesome. I thought that was amazing. So maybe uh, that's your milk cow. <laughs> she's so old. Her udder is so hairy. <laughs> you can barely even see it. The hair is so long. So the whole time you're milking her, you have handfuls of hair. Oh my it's gosh. so gross. I'm like, no, if I ever wanted to milk her long term, there would be some shaving happening. You have to shave her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was gross. <laughs> Harry, old lady, Harry Utter. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. So her previous owner, 
um, saw my YouTube video that I did about Daisy's birth and yeah. um, she reached out to me and they used to use Dr. Brewy, who I know has been out to your farm. Yeah. And um, Dr. Brewy said that these cows will get anemic in the wintertime. And uh-huh. that's why they are sluggish to stand up and nurse if they're born in the winter. Is what but, Dr. Brewy says. I mean, isn't the iron content that they need included in their loose minerals? I mean. Yeah, I mean, they're on minerals. Um, he recommended um, giving these particular cows. I don't know if it's all cows or what, but she mm-hmm. used to give them red cell in the winter time mm-hmm. to supplement iron. Okay. That's good so, to know. She said a couple of times when they calved in the winter, she had a couple of calves over the years do the same thing as what our calf just did. So interesting. Um, yeah. I haven't seen that. I wonder if that breed is more prone to it. Um, I, don't I don't know either, but that's one of those things that you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, you're when you learn through experience, um, you know, cows are still fairly new to both of us. I mean, people think yeah. that I know all the answers to the cow questions and I don't. Um, I mean, we've been, we've kept cows on and off over the years, like since we got married, but consistently for eight years. <clears throat> but if you don't have the experience of a specific situation, like a calf won't get up, you know, yeah. or it suckles, but it won't get up. Um, I had these lambs the same night your twins were born. Yeah, we had twins born. born so you know yeah, our, our listeners may not know. Um, yeah. So we, had, we had twins on the same night. In fact, I had picked up my phone and opened my app to message you when you called me. Yes. <laughs> got these twins. I was like, oh my gosh, I have twins. So, I know. I think they must have been born like almost at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I missed our birth as well. But when I got home, um, they were still wet. Mama was doing a good job. She hadn't passed afterbirth yet. But one of the things that I wasn't aware of is that um, if they get cold, and it was cold, it was a cold, wet, stormy night. So cold Ugh. that night. Yes. And they um, that if the lambs get cold, they will not have a suckle reflex. And so when I got there, I don't think that they had nursed yet. And so, you know, again, you want to make sure that happens before you leave and be. And she, they just kept laying down. They just, you know, which is normal, too, for newborns. Like, they're tired. It's been, it's been a rough day. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but I wanted to see them nurse before I went to bed. And I wasn't seeing it. And I wasn't seeing it. And um, I finally, like, I put them up to Mama's teats. And one of them started to nurse, but the other one didn't at all. And so I messaged her friend who you got colostrum and goat's milk from. <laughs> and thank she goodness. said, well, yeah, thank goodness. She said, she told me that little piece of information. Well, I'd never experienced that before with goat kids or sheep lambs or anything. And so I didn't know. And she said, you've got, you've got to warm her up. She, her, her temperature's low. She said, she said, even if it's like 50 degrees outside, if it's cold and windy and they're not dried off yet, that they'll slip into hyperthermia like super fast. So um, 
she said, warm her up, help dry her off, warm her up, and then try again. So I grabbed a heating pad and um, like a microwavable rice pack heating pad. Right. And put it underneath her torso and held her inside of my big comfy poofy jacket <laughs> and, and, you know, just tried my best to dry her. And oh, I wrapped, I wrapped the whole thing in a towel and then put that inside of my jacket and went back out and um, sat with her. And so she warmed up, but, um, and she did finally nurse after she was warmed up and, and good and dry, but I did, I wouldn't have known to do that, you know, yeah. because you don't know what you don't know. No, you don't. And I think that so much of what we've learned, um, you know, since we've been here on our property, we've learned from experience. I mean, you can essentially read all the books and Mm -hmm. watch all the YouTube videos, but really you're going to learn when you really just get your hands in it and you do and you do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you what else, what I'm dealing with that I've never dealt with before. Here's an experience. Um, so I got a call a couple weeks ago about this heifer calf. And this guy is he's spending too much money on feed and they need to cut cost. And he has some cows for sale that are like uh registered highlands. So like he's he okay. expects to get paid well for those. And yeah, I mean, rightly so, that they have value. And then he has this little Holstein that he bought at auction. And as a like four day old bottle baby or whatever, and he brought her home, bottle fed her, and she is supposedly 18 months old. Well, we go to get her and she's tiny. She is the littlest calf I've ever seen for her age. I mean, she is so little. And, um, you know, I, I asked him, like, are you are you sure? How long have you had her? You know, he's like, oh, since she was a couple of days old and. Was like, oh my goodness, okay. And I didn't think is to this, ask. Was is that this somebody that you know? No, I don't know him. You don't know him, okay. A friend, yeah, a friend connected me to okay. him. She, a mutual friend. She knew what he was trying to do, and she knew what we do. And um, gotcha. she, yeah, she connected us. So I mean, I can contact him and ask more questions if I need to, but I don't know how to do it without. Um, sounding accusatory because I don't I don't mean that but I wonder if she got enough milk replacer when she was young mm-hmm. I wonder if she really was a four-day-old baby when he got her you know he can only go based off of what he was told right um, so there's a there's a lot of questions as to the accuracy of the information but um anyways she's tiny we brought her home in the dark last night I didn't get to spend a lot of time with her it was kind of late so I went out early this morning and she's very, very sweet. Um, you can tell she was bottle raised, but I don't know for how long. I don't know how much she got. And, you know, if a calf doesn't have the proper nutrition when they're young, um, they their growth will be stunted. And I mean, she looks like a stunted calf to me. So I just I just don't know. Um, I started to put my hands on her just to kind of see what her reaction would be. And I reached underneath her belly and she has a hernia. So we're kind of like that. I have no experience with that. I only know what I've read and what I've heard. Right. Right. So like Facebook pages and blogs aren't really the place to get accurate information. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's some, there's some, 
some wisdom that can be pulled in some of those groups, but there's right. also some bad information out there too. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't have the experience. So I did message the vet this morning. I'm waiting to hear from him to kind of see what his thoughts are. I messaged my AI guy who has, you know, tons of experience and my, I had two questions about it. Like, first of all, is it repairable at her age? What is the cost? <laughs> and secondly, if we do have a successful repair, will she eventually be able to safely carry a calf? And yeah. my, my AI guy says it's kind of 50, 50, like, Sometimes he's, he's had them repaired and he's actually repaired one himself before. Um, oh. but I know. So like, I'm glad I asked him just for his expertise. Um, but he said he's had a vet repair him right there on his farm. And you know, he's, he has one cow. She's had four calves since then. She's done fine. Um, okay. and then, and then sometimes they don't, sometimes it's just never right. And, um, you know, you, you just end up, they go in the book end up going to butcher anyways. So, I mean, she's, she's a scrawny, tiny milk cow, you know, I mean, they're already bony anyways. Do I really want to spend efforts on a butcher calf? Um, that's not going to ever yield much, you know, she's just going to be a money pit, I feel like. And it's near her navel. So, I don't know if it's an umbilical hernia or not. Um, okay. It's not like exactly at her navel. I don't know. I'm waiting for the vet to call me back <laughs> and, and tell me what to do. But yeah. um, I I do know what I've read in my books is that it's hereditary. Umbilical hernias are hereditary. So, yeah, I mean, it says like, well, for calves anyways. So it says... Um, you don't want to breed them anyway. You don't want right. to pass just genetics on. So I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, I told, I, I messaged the guy this morning and told him like, Hey, I found this and he apologized. He's like, I didn't know it was a big deal. He didn't know. And so, yeah. Dang. Well, that really stinks. Poor it's little thing. It's another experience though. Yeah. It's another Experience to learn from. And I think that, you know, the first takeaway is free cows aren't always free. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they're not anyways. I knew I would have to spend time on them out. And I'll, you know, they're not free. No way. Yeah. But I didn't know that she would have these other questions that I need answered yeah. before we can decide what to do with her. So well, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. And It'd be nice to see her get on her feet if she's such a sweet cow. She's very sweet. And I think she'd be a great addition if she <laughs> didn't have these issues, you know. So right. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of it. Um, I mean, we won't butcher her because we told the guy we wouldn't. Um, yeah. If, if, if these are issues that we can't um, remedy in order for her to be a producer here, then I'm going to send her back to where yeah. she came. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Especially if she can't be a butcher cow. I mean, yeah. You can't, you can't necessarily just keep a money pit. No. No. Pit. And that's, yeah. And that's kind of how our farm works. Like everything here has a job, everything here earns its keep. And if it doesn't, it can't be here. Right. I mean, because otherwise, it's an overly expensive pet. <laughs> 
know? Yeah. Maybe some people are down with that, but I can't afford to feed a cow that's not producing anything. No, mm -mm. it's way too expensive. So I'll be interested to see what the vet says. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, and, you know, hopefully this kind of leads us into our next topic of discussion for today is preparedness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, farm preparedness. Farm preparedness. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, I, you know, it, it wasn't even on my brain when I came home to those two lambs that were not able to stand. I mean, we've had really good success with lambing here. Mm -hmm. You know, all the mamas have been great. All the babies have been great. We've we have not had to step in with any of our animals giving birth up until now. Yeah. And so it was kind of a shock to me, like, oh, wait, wait a second. Wait, what am I going to do? Like, I have these lambs that can't even get up. Why wasn't <laughs> <I> that? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I felt largely unprepared for it. But you know what I figured out is... Uh, after a couple of days had went by, I, you know, cause originally I felt like I don't have what I need. I don't have the supplies. I had this long list of stuff that I had to get for these lambs. Mm -hmm. um, but a couple of days went by and I really started thinking about like, I have farm animal supplies and medication and stuff in like four different places at my house. And so I went around to all the different places and gathered all of my things that I have for farm animals, you know, like vitamins and supplements and medications and antibiotics and syringes and all that kind of stuff. And I had a lot more than what I actually remembered that I even had. And mm -hmm. so I was able to like gather everything. I consolidated everything and put it all in our outdoor barn fridge so everything is all nice and neat in one spot. I know what I have now, whereas before everything was everywhere. So, yeah, you know, it kind of got me in gear of, hey, you know, you got to be a little more prepared. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about like, what are some of the things that people should have on hand if they are expecting, uh, well, not even just if they're expecting babies, but what are some of the things they should have on hand if they're going to have livestock? Yeah. I mean, um, so some of the things that you touched on were some mineral supplements. So yeah. you specifically needed a selenium paste. You mentioned red cell. It would be good for mamas. Um, I and I had a whole gallon of red cell that I mm -hmm. forgot that I even had. When I bought the cows, they came with a gallon of red cell. How funny. For a reason, obviously. <laughs> You never questioned it. Okay, thanks. I never questioned it. I was like, oh, wow, there's this iron supplement that she gave us, a whole gallon yeah. of it. And I've I, known an animal, well, I know fetal pig, or not fetal pigs, but like newborn pigs often are anemic, and but that's an injectable iron usually to get it a faster. Yes. Um, and I know that like if an animal gets too heavy of a, an overload of parasites like goats and sheep that they might need iron um, and that would be the red cell but I've never I've never heard of cows needing it in the winter 
Well, I looked online to try to find the correct dosage for, um, you know, because on the bottle, it just gives you the dosing for horses. Right. Um, and so a horse dose would probably be comparable to what you might want to give a full grown cow. But I couldn't find anywhere online of how much to give the calf. So I never even gave her any of it because I didn't want to overdo it. Um, she was up at that point and nursing good. So, you know, sometimes I think that less is best. You know, I try not to mess with people or the animals too much unless I need to. Um, right. Cause I think sometimes that can create problems too. So yeah. um, I just kind of let it be, but I couldn't find the information anywhere. So. Yeah. That's another thing that I've struggled with over, over more recent years is um, like antibiotics, for example, and, and um, steroids and like insects for cows is that, when I've had an issue and I talk to the vet about it and I tell him I gave her this many CC of whatever, he'll say, no, 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 you give her more. And I'll tell him, well, I dosed according to the bottle, you know, whatever it told me. And he says, no, no, no. Like it's always, it's always more. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, and then like, I'll use like a horse paste, uh, dewormer with my sheep. Well, the instructions aren't on there for how to dose sheep. And they right. metabolize it differently. So they and they actually can take more. So, um, you know, it's, it's just interesting that, again, unless you've had the experience, you don't know. Um, you don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we should put at the top of the supply list a good vet and a mentor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not, not necessarily things to have on hand, but, um, you know, a mentor is someone who would say, like, hey, you know, she needs more than that or she needs iron or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the the topic of a good vet, I mean, if you're going to have livestock, you've got to get in with a vet, you know, do yourself a favor and have the vet come out and do just a well visit. Um, that way you can call the vet in an emergency. I ended up having to call ours with these lambs, um, you know, just to kind of clarify some stuff and to get a plan moving forward for them. But, you know, right there on his voicemail, it says, if you are an existing client, <laughs> you can leave a message for an animal emergency. If you're not an existing client, you call this number, call this other person, you know. Right, which is probably the emergency vet clinic far away cost an arm. It is. It was to an emergency vet clinic. And yeah. so, um, you know, getting established with a vet is super important, um, you know, because that's the person that you can call when you really need your questions answered. And have them out at least once a year just to do yeah. an overall farm visit. It's relatively inexpensive when you figure once a year and then they can call you in prescriptions when needed. They can um, they can they can they'll answer texts and calls when you need it. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, after I gathered all of my supplies from all over creation, <laughs> like the very next day, um, one of the lambs, you know, because bottle babies, they'll aspirate the milk and which can okay. lead to pneumonia. And so one day in particular, the little ram lamb, he was sound his chest. You could just hear the rattle in his chest. Mm. And 
I actually ended up having what I needed on hand to treat him for pneumonia um, because I had all of my stuff in one central location. I actually knew where everything was and I knew what I had like before I had stuff that I didn't even know that I owned. Wow. You know, just from over the years, you go and you get one bottle of whatever, you know, and you stick it in a pantry somewhere and it never gets used again. Right. So um, I was glad that I got everything consolidated and yeah, um, and I actually had what I needed. So it was good. That's awesome. I have a quick list of things that people might want to consider, and and it would vary from, you know, specific animal breeds um, or species. So um, steroids, NSAIDs, antibiotics, antiparasitics probios and kaolin or things to treat intestinal issues, vaccines, antihistamines, vitamin supplements, mineral supplements. Um, And then from there, all of your like, not medicine type things, but physical things like bottles. You didn't have bottles, right? (laughs) Because you never needed them before. I never needed them. I had a kitten bottle and that was it. Right. Um, Castration equipment. Um, electrolytes. Do they need a change in their feed when they give birth? Does mama need a change in her feed? Do you have enough hay for bedding if you have to separate somebody? You know, those are all things to consider that a lot of times we don't consider until it comes up and then we're like, well, crap. No, I don't have bedding. No, I, I, the only stall I have available is on concrete and that cow does not want to lay on concrete. I don't have stall mats, you know. So figuring that stuff out ahead of time is is really going to take you far in <laughs> your farming career. Um, colostrum is not something I always keep on hand, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I Right now, I have some colostrum in our big freezer, but it was out of Hazel, and she was sick when I got it. So I need to throw it away. I just yeah. haven't because it's like gallon bags full of liquid, and I don't really want to throw it away, <laughs> you know. Um <laughs> Milk replacer, if you need it, things like heat lamps and extra blankets and towels and syringes and needles. Those are things that I always have a hard time with. Syringes and needles. Like, why don't I have more of these? Um, Or the right right size needle for the right animal, you know. So knowing, knowing those things is good. Yeah. Yeah. I went through all my syringes and needles and everything got like freshly sterilized and they're in a nice little container now and I know where they all are I know what sizes I have so um you know that's nice it's good it's it's kind of crazy that it takes like an emergency to like go oh wait (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) I was not prepared but now I'm prepared so (laughs) yeah yeah well, I'm glad all your all your babies are doing well now. Yes. Yeah, me too. They're super sweet. They're fun. You know, just a uh-huh. lot of work. Uh-huh. But, you know, that's what we signed up for. You know, you get these animals and you're going to start breeding them. And, you know, you can have animals for a while and not have any issues at all. But the longer you have them, the more chances are that you're, you're going to have an emergency. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know. and you have no idea what it's going to be. That's, no. <laughs> that's there. It could be any one of these hundreds of things 
and right. you don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's something Dr. Brewery told me um, the last time he came out last year was something along those lines, like, well, you've been very lucky because it's coming, you know. I don't remember what it was, but in the last year, we've had to pull two calves. We had to turn one. We lost our milk cow. We have um, assisted a friend's goat birth that had a kid stuck. Um, you know, the hernia thing, um, a broken horn. Um, you never know. <laughs> like, it could be anything. So it's not just birth stuff, but, you know, a snake bite. We had a snake bite on a dog. Um, Ooh. Yeah. What did you have to do for that? Um, a high dose of Penji in the butt um, on the leg that got bit. So I need to get a bottle of that. I do have some antibiotics, but I do not have Penji. And the last time I went to the store to look for it, they didn't even have it. Well, can you even get it now without a vet prescription? I don't know. Because I think all that changed January 1st. I don't really? Think, I don't think you can get it now. I don't know for sure. I could be wrong on that. That might be one that, that is allowed, but I don't think you can get it um, unless from a vet or without a vet prescription. Mm -hmm. So here's a quick trick that I learned. Um, if you have a vet on call, like, or you're an established client and you need something that you don't have. I mean, if you need it in an emergency, thankfully our vets are fairly local and we're able to like, Hey, can I swing by <laughs> and right. buy, buy a bottle of something? Like they're pretty cool about that. But um, if, you know, I know I want to stock up my medicine cabinet for the livestock. So these are the things I need and I need a vet prescription for it. If I can't get to him or he doesn't have enough to sell me, he can fax over a prescription to one of the online vet stores and they will, they'll, they'll mail it to me. So that's, that's a quick little tip for everybody too. Um, nice. And I heard of some things being able to get like from the pharmacy, like from the people pharmacy. Really? Um, but I don't, I don't have experience with that. So I really don't know the details. Yeah. So. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I want a copy of your list. Okay. It's kind of rough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a copy of your list because I want to compare it to what, what all is in my fridge and go ahead and just make a list of, hey, these things might be helpful. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to buy my own bottles and give you yours back <laughs> and your selenium paste. I plan on giving that back. Oh. And um, you gave me a big bottle of vitamin B complex and I had a whole brand new bottle of it that I didn't even know that I had. Well, and that was the thing. I gave it to you because I knew I had two other bottles. I don't know why I have three open bottles of B complex, but I do. Right. It, was the same, it was the same thing. We had stuff in this, this stall barn and stuff at, you know, in my milk room and stuff in the shed and by the time I got it all together, I was like, hey, <laughs> right. I've got three of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've been going long enough. I think we're. Uh, we yeah, that about covers it. Yeah. I mean, we have fun, fun garden stuff beginning, but maybe we'll catch that next time. 
Yeah, maybe um, maybe next time we chat, it will be time to talk about all the new things for the spring garden. It's so exciting. <laughs> yes, I started tomato seeds yesterday. Well, and some other stuff. I, I started a bunch of different stuff yesterday. So, um, and that for you too. Okay, cool. I do. I have some brassicas for you if you want them. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else did you start? Um, I started some peppers just in case my overwinter peppers did not make it, you know, they still look pretty dormant. So I have no idea what's going to come of those. Um, I started some red and golden amaranth. Mm -hmm. And I started um, some Egyptian spinach. And um, what else did I start? I'm going to hold off. I am going to start my cucumbers and my squashes inside this year, but I'm going to hold off. I started some right in the garden. Did you? Why not? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know how we were looking at cucumber seeds the other day together? Yeah. I found in my cucumber melon box, I've got all those cucumbers. I have those lemon cucumbers that we almost bought. I yeah. have some. So, right. Don't buy. See, Right. See, it's the same thing. Like you have all this stuff and you don't even know that you have it. And I don't even know what I have. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Same. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up and I hope that next time we have a guest on, um, she said she'll come on, but I didn't give her a date or anything yet. So <laughs> I hope that works out. Yeah, I'm sure it will. We'll figure it out. It'll be fun. And um, hopefully technology is our friend. Hopefully. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you soon. Bye, y'all. Bye.